Um, we all have issues in our life. We have things that we, we battle constantly. Um, we have health issues, financial issues, uh, family issues. Uh, we have, if you're young and you have kids that are teenagers, you know, you may hear the words, I'm just going to run away, and that puts panic in a parent more than, than, than probably anything. Um, I mean, there's just, I mean, there's a variety of things that we face, and we're going back to an old passage, not an old passage, but we're going back to a very familiar passage, and it's David and Goliath. And so if you're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 17, we're going to talk about David and Goliath. And when we talk about David and Goliath, David is always used in the context of being the underdog. And I wonder why. You know, why is David always used in that context? Well, one is because Goliath was, some, some believe, if you have a, a New American, I mean, a, a, yeah, a new, uh, an NIV, if you, if you read out of an NIV, New, um, new International Version, uh, it, it quotes him as being nine foot tall. Uh, others believe that he was eight foot tall. Some say he was seven and a half foot tall. However tall he was, he was really big. And uh, he was bigger than anybody else on the battlefield and, when you look at a map of Israel, you know, you need to understand that when you have the country of Israel, you have this mountain region that runs through the middle of it, and three of the most famous cities from Jerusalem to Bethlehem to Hebron is in that mountain range, and then you have this plain, if you're going out to the west, and some call it the plain of Sharon, scripture calls it the plain of Sharon, it was called the Deshevelah as well, but you had, going to that, it's where you have Tel Aviv, which sits on the Mediterranean Sea. And so in between the mountain regions and the Mediterranean Sea, you had the Valley of Elah, where they gathered to fight. And of course, we're talking Old Testament time. You're talking about different types of warfare when they fought. But understand as well that, that uh, from the Philistines to the Israelites, they all had their different types of, 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 of military. They had their cavalry, which... Uh, were men who would ride in chariots and fight. Then they had their foot soldiers who were simply that, people who on foot would come and charge and, and fight. Then they had an artillery, and an artillery had a group within them called slingers, and it wasn't much like a slingshot that you have today that kids have. This was really a long piece of leather, and they would take it, and they would just whip it like this. And don't take them for granted because they were extremely uh, good. If you were a slinger, you were in the elite group of the military because your accuracy was amazing. Well, David wasn't fighting in the military, but he was a slinger because... We know that when he came to face Goliath, he had a sling with him. Well, when you, when you think of the story of David and Goliath, you think David being the underdog because he was, you know, fighting someone who was anywhere from eight to nine foot tall, the giant. He was the, the main Philistine military might. And what they would do in Old Testament times is they would challenge each other. And so you had the Philistines on, on one side of the hill, and you had the Israelites on the other side of the hill in the Valley of Elah in the middle. And the Philistine would come out, and he would challenge them. He would say, send someone out. We're going to have hand-to-hand combat, and whoever wins this hand-to-hand combat will be the winning side. So if the Israelites had someone who could go out and they could take Goliath down, now, that would be hard. I mean, you're talking about Andre the Giant plus taking him down in, in a wrestling match and, and killing him. That would be extremely hard to do. So Goliath comes out, and the Israelites have no one. Well, David 
shows up, and he's just a little bitty guy. I mean, he's a young teenage boy. He shows up not because he's part of the army, but he shows up because he's bringing food to his brothers because his father Jesse said, go take some food to your brothers, and so he does that. And you see that Saul was the leader of the Israelite people, and Saul himself was around six foot five, six foot six, as best we can tell, and he was a trained professional fighter in the sense of he was a military leader. And Saul should have been the one who came out, since he was really the king of the Israelites, he should have been the one to come out and take on Goliath. But no one would come out and fight Goliath. They were scared to death. There was this giant that was coming out and taunting them. You have a giant in your life and it taunts you. You have a giant in your life and it whispers into your ear. You have a giant in your life and it just keeps tripping you up day in, day out, week after week, month after month, and it just causes us to stumble. Now, through the month of February, I've encouraged everyone in this room and, and those who may not be here that were here previous weeks to fast from something. And I hope some of you have, have taken the thing, a giant that's in your life, and you're, you, I'm going to fast from that. You know, uh, I'm going to fast from anger. I'm going to fast from sugar. I'm doing clean eating. This morning, I no, not this morning, excuse me, I forgot to put it in the shake on accident. But, but yesterday morning, I had kale for the first time in my life. Kale. I didn't even know that was something you ate. I mean, I, I didn't know what, I don't know what kale is. I just know it's healthy for you, and you put it in a shake, and you put it in a, a smoothie maker, and you blend all that up, and you drink that. And it, it, it kind of blended in with the berries and the strawberries, and, and, and it, it, it didn't taste bad. Uh, but eat it that by itself, I think it's pretty awful. But... Um, I'm doing clean eating. I'm not putting anything, no sugar, no bread, no pasta, no pop, no, I don't know, what am I taking out? I'm taking everything out. They said if it tastes good, spit it out. I mean, that's what I'm doing through the month of February. So uh, no um, gluten. Uh, so clean eating, you know, uh, because she has to eat clean. And if I don't do it, she's not going to do it. So I have to do it to help her eat clean just because of the ALS that we're dealing with. And so that's what, through February, I, I wanted to fast, but God just didn't lay it on my heart. And I know why, because if I don't eat, she doesn't eat, and she has to eat. So I think this clean eating is, just, I mean, I know this is exactly what God wanted me to do through February. And so I say that to say to you, for those of you who are fasting, I'm so proud of you for whatever you have decided to abstain from through the month of February. I'm proud of you, and I pray that you're taking that time, if it's a hunger issue, if it's whatever it may be, whenever you would be doing this instead of that, that you'll spend that time with God. And fasting from something doesn't mean that you have to give something bad up. It can be something good that you give up. I gave up TV two years ago. TV's not bad. It's, in, it's, it's informative. It can be entertaining. It can be used as bad, but it can be informative as well. But, but giving that up and, and spending that time with God when I'd be watching TV, that was extremely hard for me because I'm a junkie with TV. So whatever you're fasting from, I'm proud of you for doing that. And I encourage you, continue the fight, continue doing that. But it can be a giant. It can rear up in your life this month and, and it can be somewhat like a giant. But we see here that David, he shows up and he comes to help fight this battle. He didn't know he was coming to help fight the battle, but he shows up. Now let's just read together a little bit of 1 Samuel chapter 17 since you're there in your Bible. Verse 1. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war, assembled at Sukloth in Judah. They pitched their tent at the Ephraim and Demean between Sukloth and, and 
Azekiah, Azekah, I'm not saying that right, Saul and his Israelites assembled in the camp in the valley of Elah, and they drew up their battle lines to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill, the Israelites another with a valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine foot tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head. He wore a coat of scale armor, shackle on his legs. He wore bronze uh, uh, sleeves and bronze javelin was slung over his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekel. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and he shouted to the ranks of Israel. Now, when you read all that, you go, man, this is a very intimidating guy. Yes, David would be the underdog. Well, David, to me, is not the underdog at all because I believe that when you really look at Goliath, he had an issue. If you know anything about giantism, which I'm sure none of us in this room do, I wouldn't either unless for the last two weeks I've been reading about giantism. Listen, there's some things that happen when someone has the disease called giantism. Well, Goliath was a giant, obviously. And so when you look at this, what did he do? He had someone lead him out into the battlefield. I believe that Goliath couldn't see very well. And now Goliath comes out on the battlefield, and the, 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 the way they would fight would be hand-to-hand combat one-on-one. So when you really begin to study this, you see that Goliath had a shield bearer with him who led him out onto the battlefield. Maybe he couldn't see. When he gets out there, what does he say? Send someone to me. Well, what he wants is Israelites to send someone to him so he doesn't have to walk to them. He's tall. Movement is hard. So now all of a sudden, you know, he's out on the battlefield and perhaps he can't see very well. You know, he can't see a far distance. Maybe he, he has... Uh, you know, he can see up close, and so what he wants to do is grab someone and break their neck or whatever it is, squeeze them to death, you know, to take his spear and shove it through them. I don't know how he was going to do this, but it also says when David him, he says, why do you come with to me bringing sticks? The Bible says, and sticks being, being plural, when Goliath is talking to David, David didn't have sticks, he had a spear, one, singular And Goliath is saying, why are you coming at me with sticks? Maybe he had double vision. He couldn't see very well. See, we look at David and go, well, David's the underdog. David wasn't the underdog because he had the spirit of the living God inside of him. And he was going out onto the battlefield with the spirit of the living God inside of him. And he was about to take down a giant. All the Israelites were looking at this. Listen, sometimes we feel like we're the underdog of life. We're not the underdog of life if we have the spirit of the living God living inside of us. Greater is he that's within me than he that is within the world. You have the spirit of the living God who parted the Red Sea, who raised the dead, who caused the blind to see, who can take ALS away from her if he would so choose to do that, if that's his will. He could do it by breathing, by speaking, by snapping, by whatever he wants to do. He could dance if he wants. I don't know what God wants to do, but he could take it away. I know he has the power. I'm just praying that that is God's will, and you're not an underdog. Whatever you're facing, whatever giant keeps coming to you, whatever problem keeps tagging you and dogging you, you are not an underdog if you got the Spirit of the living God inside you. David wasn't the underdog. Goliath was the underdog. And besides, David comes up to him and he's a slinger. Slingers were very accurate with their slings. And some believe that 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 sling said if they were 50 feet away, that that rock traveled less than one second to hit Goliath in the head. When they break it all down, they do all the science and the math, they say that they threw that rock so hard that when they would 
whiz that, that sling, when they would begin to twirl that sling and let it go, it would take just less than a second to hit him square in the forehead and take him out. David was no underdog. But here's the thing. Everybody around him thought he couldn't do it. So let's look for just a few moments. Let's look at some giants that David had to face before he faced the giant. What are some things David had to face? You and I have to face these. You and I have to wake up in the morning and we have to face these these problems sometimes. When God gives you a dream, when God lays something on your heart, when, when, when God has something for you to do, listen, there are people who come around you who tell you you can't do it. Because they don't know maybe the Spirit of God living inside of you, or they underestimate the Spirit of God living inside of you, or they just serve a very little God. Everybody in this room should have a dream. I don't care how old or how young you are, all of us should have a dream. And I'm not just saying that we go to Disneyland, ooh, that's my dream. No, I'm talking about something that you think God wants you to do. You go, well, Brother Steve, I'm, I'm 89 years old. You're still here. You're still walking on his dirt and breathing his air. So he has something for you to do. But people will tell you around you that you can't do it. And see, here's the thing. However big your God is, is how big your dream is. My God is big, so I'm dreaming he's going to heal her from whatever this ALS that she's dealing with. I mean, that's my dream. That's my prayer. Every night we pray by, by our bed. When I, I lift her in bed and I set her in bed and adjust her and raise the bed and all, and, you know, and we get tucked in, then we sit there and kneel and I pray or she'll pray. But we pray to a big God. And this big God can take that away. And that's what we keep praying for. But not just that we're praying for it, we're expecting it. Then you go, well, that sounds a little arrogant. That's not arrogance. That's just having enough confidence in God to know that God can do it. So I'm going to pray expecting God will do it. Now, if God doesn't do it, my faith is still going to be intact, and he's still going to be a big God. Because she will be healed, maybe on the other side, but I guarantee this, the other side's going to be much better, and we're going to be in eternity forever, and we're not going to struggle with health and all these issues that we do here. So what giants, what giants did David face? David faced these. Number one, first giant he faced was delay. Now think about it. Think about this for just a moment. Delay. You go, well, why is that? Why did he delay? When David was tending sheep, Samuel came to Jesse because the word of the Lord came to Samuel and said, go find another king because Saul is not doing the job he needs to do, so we're going to get another king. So God talks to Samuel, Samuel goes to Jesse and says, Jesse, God's talked to my heart and one of your boys is going to be king. How many do you have? He says, well, I, I, I have a number of boys. And so they start from the top and they're going down and down down and they're coming in front of Samuel. Samuel's like, no, 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 no. Jesse's like, well, that's it. Samuel's like, you don't have any other sons? Well, I have one other, but he's just a shepherd. He's a little kid out in the field. So Samuel looks at David. The Spirit of the Lord said, that's my man. And now all of a sudden, the Bible says, now David was the youngest son of Jesse's eight sons. His three older brothers enlisted in Saul's army, but David was held back to what? Care for the sheep. Because Samuel anointed David 
king when he was younger. And what did Jesse do? His dad said, okay, I know you've been anointed. Now go tend my sheep. Your brothers are going to go fight. Here's the anointed king who's going to follow Saul. David's going to follow Saul. He's been anointed, but all of a sudden they're like, but go back and do what you've been doing. Go back out into the field and tend the sheep. Delay. Man, David's like, God, I'm going to be king. God anointed my heart. I'm going to be the next leader. But they're like, delay. Go back out into the field. Tend the sheep. What about this? Discouragement. The giant before David got to Goliath, another one was discouragement. No one believed he could do it. Each day, Goliath would stand and shout at the ranks of the Israel army, Who do you come out? Who, why do you come out here and line up for battle? Choose one man to fight me. If he's able to kill me, we will become your servants. If I kill him, you'll become our subjects and serve us. Day after day, Goliath taunted them, saying, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, everyone was deeply shaken and paralyzed with fear. For 40 days, twice a day, morning and evening, the Philistine giant loudly berated the Israelites' army. Now look, as David talked to his brothers on the front line, he saw Goliath shouting his usual threats. When the army heard Goliath, they all ran in fear. Everyone was afraid, except for this little guy who shows up and says, what are we doing here, guys? And everyone began to say, David, you can't do this. Discouragement, the giant was speaking loudly in their ear. The giant was causing them to be afraid. The giant was causing them to run. The giant was causing them to be fearful. Whatever giant is in your life, it can cause fear to come into your life. It can, cause, it, 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 it can cause discouragement to come into your life. All of a sudden, you're like, man, I just I can't do this. I mean, there's so many days when discouragement wants to set into our life. I mean, this morning was not an easy morning. I mean, we, we started the day just a little after 7, 7.15. I got up, I showered, I got dressed. I, 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 she was, I was going to let her sleep in a little bit, you know, because she hadn't been sleeping good at night. And, and I took the dogs outside. I, I fed the dogs and, and, and made my side of the bed. And I mean, because there's a hospital bed beside our bed now, so I made the bed. And, 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 and I, I thought, oh, when she gets up, we'll, we'll get ready. Well, she gets up. The dogs are put in their place, and, and the smoothie is ready, and my hot tea with, with detox was done, and I was drinking that, and and, and we wake up, I mean, we're weak. When I say we, I mean, there's no division of property among us. She was weak, but, I mean, you know, legs just weren't functioning right. You know, and it's like a little harder. Getting in the chair, getting here. And it was, the morning was just harder. There was just more difficulty to the morning. And it's so easy just to get down and get frustrated by that. But what we simply were doing at the house was just going, greater is he that's in me than he's in the world. Satan, get behind us. You know, of all days you want to distract us, it would be today. Get behind us. We're going to push through this. 
Listen, when, when your giant begins to really get into your face, it can bring disappointment. It can bring fear. It can bring discouragement. It can cause you to go, I can't do this. I just give up. It's going to be like this for the rest of my life. Well, David had to face discouragement, but he also had to face disapproval. He had to face disapproval. Look at verse 28 and 29. When, when you look at verse 28 and 29, it says, David asked, what's the reward for killing this Philistine and ending this disgraceful abuse? When David's older brother heard this, he burned with anger at David and said, Why are you even here? Why aren't you taking care of your sheep? I know how conceited you are. Now what have I done? Can I even speak? And that's David asking that question at the end. David begins to go, Hey, wait a second. What do we got to do? Let's take care of this. I'll go fight this. And all of a sudden, disapproval from everybody around him. His brother's like, why are you even here, you little punk? Go home. You don't need to be here. When, when God gives you a dream, when, 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 when God speaks into your heart and says, I got something I want you to do, there will be people around you who disapprove. There will be people around you, and they're good people. It may be people that even love you that disapprove. <laughs> when David, sure, when David was, was anointed by, by, by Samuel, his father Jesse disapproved and said, go back out into the field and tend my sheep. Why? Because he needed a shepherd, and David was a shepherd. And what's Jesse going to do if David goes off and becomes king and now is fighting in a war and, and he, he's away? Who's going to watch the sheep? Have, has someone ever disapproved of something that you feel like God's really spoken to your heart and wanted you to do something and someone disapproved? It could be someone very close to you. If you have a big God, you'll have a big dream. So David faced delay. David faced discouragement. David even faced disapproval, and it was from his family. But not only that was it disapproval, he faced doubt. David faced doubt. Am I capable to do this? Well, it's funny that there was an expert there. His name was Saul. But David said, don't worry about a thing, David told the king. I'll fight this Philistine. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. This is the professional. This is the one who should have known about fighting. And the professional looked at him and said, well, are you, are you crazy? Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can go against this Philistine. You're only a boy. And he's been a professional warrior all his life. Saul said, Saul looked at David and said, are you crazy, little guy? Sometimes professionals will even tell you there's no hope. But if the Spirit of the living God's living inside of you, there's always hope. We've had many doctors look at her and go, I'm sorry, let's just figure out how you can live the best end of your life. Well, we're not expecting to live the best end of our life. We think there's 50 still good years left in us. And we're expecting that and we're praying for that. Even professionals can be wrong. Don't give up. Don't doubt God. David could have been like, man, I am just a little boy. Man, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I can't wrestle him to the ground. He didn't have to wrestle him to the ground. See, the Israelites saw a giant. And the Philistines had a giant. But the Philistines didn't understand that the giant was their biggest weakness. Sometimes the giant that you see can be the biggest weakness. Sometimes whatever you're facing, it, 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 it's not a giant. 
We, we conjure these things up in our mind going, well, this is too big of a mountain to climb. Not with the Spirit of God living inside of you. There's nothing you should doubt. There's nothing you should be afraid of. Sometimes people will disapprove. Sometimes people will give you discouragement. But listen, when you know in your heart that God's spoken into your heart, the thing we need to understand is how do we defeat our giants? I know this is what God has spoken to my heart. I understand God's given me a dream. I'm going to follow through my dream. I have people around me who are negative. Listen, don't hang around negative people because they will just make you negative. It's contagious. That's why many of you need to stop watching talk or listen to talk radio and TV. Because if you watch certain TV stations, it's nothing but negativity. It's negative, it's negative, and it's negative. And you know what's going to happen to you? You're going to be negative. You're going to sit in your living room and you're just going to be a negative person. Stop hanging out with negative people. You ever get around someone who's mad? Ten minutes later, you're mad, and you don't even know why you're mad. Why am I mad? I don't know why I'm mad. You're just mad because it's contagious because they're mad. Don't hang out with people like that. Hang out with positive people. Some of us in here may need to change some of our friends because they're just negative. It's contagious. So how do we defeat our giants? What do we do? Well, number one is we remember how God helped you in the past. Has God ever let anyone down in this room? No. Will God ever let, any, let, let, let anyone down in this room? No. Will God ever break a promise with anyone in this room? No. Has he ever in the past? No. Will he in the future? No. Remember how God has helped you in the past. Because he'll help you again. Listen. In protecting my sheep, David's talking, I've killed both the lion and the bear. The Lord who delivered me from the teeth of the lion and the bear will surely now deliver me from this Philistine. David knew that God had helped him in the past. When David was tending sheep, a lion and a bear, maybe at once or at different times, different time they come up, and he would take his thing, he would kill them. And he knew God has helped me in the past and God's not going to forget me now. The Bible says he will never leave you nor... He's not going to forsake you. He's not going to turn his back on you. And when we are facing a giant, when troubles come into our life, remember that God's not going to turn his back on you now. So we need to remember how he has helped you in the past. But not just that. We need to use the tools that God has given us. We need to use the tools that God has given us. Now think about it. What was the first thing Saul wanted to do to David? Well, Saul said to David, listen, David, if you're going to go fight this giant, then you need to, you, you need to protect yourself. So Saul took all this armor and put it, started putting it on David. And it was Saul's armor. Put his helmet on, his breastplate and all that. And David's like, I can't move in this stuff. I'm a little boy and this stuff's way too big for me. Saul's trying to take, well, okay, David, if you're going to do this, We need to use the things that God has given us. Then Saul dressed David in his own armor, but David said, I cannot go out on them. So he took them off. Instead, he chose five smooth stones for his sling. Use the tools that God has given you. Your mind, your wit, your personality. Listen, God has gifted each of us in this room differently. And we're to use those gifts. Use the tools that God has given you now to fight. 
to fight whatever it is. Listen, we don't really know how to fight ALS. But we do know this, we're checking into another trial. It's in Kansas City. And we're going to try and get into another trial. We're not going to just lay down and, and, and stay, uh, shut the doors of the home and close the windows of the house. No, we're going to do all we can to fight. And if God opens a door, we're going to charge through the door, expecting God to do something great on the other side. We're going to take the tools that He's made available, and maybe it's a trial in Kansas City. We're looking into it. Debbie's talked to them. They've responded to her. We're waiting to hear back. We're kind of in that, that stage now, hearing back and forth. Kansas City is only four miles away. They have professional baseball and football. It's a great town. Now, it is called Kauffman Stadium, not called Bush Stadium, but it's still entertaining. Great barbecue, exactly. Great barbecue, exactly. But I'm healthy eating right now. So, Hey, listen, we're, gonna, we're just going to take the tools that God has given us. We're going to fight. So take the tools that God's given you, fight with them. Ignore the dream busters. Do you understand that there's going to be people who tell you you can't do it? Job, you know the story of Job, lost everything except for his wife and his home, but I mean his kids and, and sheep and I mean his wealth and his, I mean he lost it all. And the one person closest to him said, why don't you just curse God and die? There will be people who tell you you can't do it. But if you have the Spirit of God living inside of you, listen to me, there is nothing you can't do. When others were speaking against David, when others were speaking against him, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Now that's 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. When others were speaking against him, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Tell me in this passage of Scripture, Samuel chapter 17, who gave David encouragement? Nobody but God. Not one person looked at David and said, we believe in you, David. You can do this. Go get him, David. Not one person except God. Sometimes we have to allow God to encourage us because all the voices around us are negative and telling us we can't do it. We can't do it. You can't. You've messed up too many times in the past. It's going to be the same like it was last time. Why are you trying to do this again? Nobody encouraged David but God. Expect God to help for His glory. How do we fight the giants in our life? Well, we expect God to help us for His glory. We remember how God has helped us in the past. We use the tools that God has given us right now. And we ignore the dream busters, the negative people that are around us. Verse 45 through 47. says, David shouted to Goliath, You come at me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty. 
Today the Lord will conquer you. And the whole world will know there is a God. And everyone will know that the Lord doesn't need weapons to rescue his people. It is his battle, not ours. The Lord will give you to us. David said, he's going to give you to me, buddy. Little did Goliath know that the tactics to war has changed. He was expecting someone to come out and to wrestle him. He knew he could take on anybody on the other side. He wasn't expecting a little slinger to come out and to take him down with a stone because a little slinger had the spirit of the living God living inside of him. You can look your giant in the face and you say, by the spirit of the living God, you are defeated. You can do it. And sometimes everybody around you is going to tell you, it's not going to be any different than it was last time. And what you got to do is just let the Spirit of God encourage you. Say, oh God, you got to encourage me because I'm not getting any. I'm so thankful for, for 30 years I've lived with an encourager. And you guys know how she is. She is nothing but just an encourager. Oh my goodness, she's encouraged me when I've been down. She's encouraged me when I thought we couldn't get up. She's encouraged me even when she's sick, she's encouraging me. If you have the Spirit of the living God living inside of you, you can do anything He wants you to do. But we fight these giants in our life. The giant of delay. The giant of discouragement. The giant of disapproval. And I think one of the biggest ones is the giant of doubt. You can overcome it. Remember how God's helped you in the past. Use the tools that God has given you. Ignore the dream buster and the negative people around you and expect God to help you for his glory.